Hello, everybody. This is episode 15 of the PA Turn Pod. And on tonight's episode, we're going to do the World Series recap live because in about two more outs, <laughs> the Atlanta Braves will be the World Series champions. I think that's how you do it, right, Rob, for baseball? I'm not sure. Just anyway. jinx it. Oh, Astros just jinx are, it. Uh, they're going to come back from 7 0 down. Oh, Jesus. So let me hurry up this rundown down, see if we can uh, make that happen or not. Uh, next, we'll do cover a little bit of the big NFL stories from Henry Ruggs to Derrick Henry to Von Miller to the Rams. What? Then we'll do the Week 8 review, the craziness that was Week 8, Rob. I can't believe it. Even the Eagles shocked us all, even though I think I picked them, but shocked how they won. Uh, we'll touch on very quickly the Thursday night preview, going to the Sixers, their run at home. They shut me up this weekend, Rob. Woof. And uh, a little bit of redacted news. The jerseys came out. I love the Spectrum jerseys. And we'll recap end the episode with our wins and losses. But first, let's give a quick pause for our sponsors over at Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is episode 15 of the PA Turnpod. Along with Joel, as always, I'm Rob. Joel, what's going on? Not much, man. I am keeping an eye. It's Full count right here. Bottom of the night, two outs. Man on base for the Shros. They're down 7 nothing. Oh, Morning I think it's track. Over. I think it's over. Nope. Alvarez nah, slide out to left. That's out number two. Ah, Awkward. Awkward. Well, anyway, besides that, pretty good. Came home from work. And the sound of our voice, we're both tired. And we're doing it on Tuesday night. No one really cares. We're doing it on a Tuesday night because... Uh, some things are planned for Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, luckily my esteemed host here was gracious enough to hop on. As we're both home from work now, tired of shit. But so sir, how are you doing today? Doing all right. We're doing this live, by the way. I have two stats to bring up, Uh-oh. as I live. always do. Uh, Chris Paul just moved into third all-time in assists. And this game is one out away from being the first shutout in a World Series clincher since 2005 when the White Sox defeated the who did they beat the Astros one nothing. So ironically, uh, full circle for the Astros. So you asked how I was doing, I'm doing all right because I'm just full of stats. <laughs> there it is. And that's it. We got a seven nothing. The Falcons have defeated the Texans seven nothing. I saw that Let's coming. See. I, I got the Jeff Pass notification. I'm I'm watching on my phone. Oh, it was a ground ball to short. Of course, Swanson. Good hair. Congratulations to the Atlanta <laughs> Braves. So now I'm going to close that app because I don't want to watch them celebrate. Well, Joel, wow. feels like it was only six years ago that the Braves and the Phillies decided to tear it down simultaneously. Um, <laughs> a couple of general managers later, John Hart, Alex Anthopoulos, um, someone else, the Braves. After the John Hart scandal, uh, the Braves tore it all the way down. They traded away guys like Shelby Miller, um, Justin Upton. Justin Upton. And Phillies traded, the Phillies really didn't have anything to trade away, but they got rid of Jimmy Rollins and Marlon Byrd. So two teams that stripped it down for pieces. The Braves decided to hold on to Freddie Freeman and build around him. And look what happened six years later. He is a pending free agent, and he is going off – into free agency with a World Series ring. So congratulations to them. 
Um, they, you know, I, I said a few weeks ago that the draft in baseball mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. I think that can be taken out of context. It does matter. It doesn't really matter short-term. matters long-term. Dansby Swanson was the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. He was sent to the Braves in, I believe, the Shelby Miller trade, one of the worst trades I've ever seen. And <laughs> the Braves also spent their money internationally on guys like Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies. Meanwhile, the Phillies, you know, they struck out on Miguel Alfredo Gonzalez, who is now literally dead. Um, oh, really? They missed they missed on guys like you know Mickey Moniak, Cornelius Randolph, and uh, like Larry Green, uh, Jesse Biddle, all these terrible players in the draft. So the Braves did it the right way. The Phillies are still trying to get their footing. So pretty depressing evening for, uh, for Phillies <laughs> fans everywhere. And the fact that what was it a month and a half ago, maybe two, it was like the Fightins might sneak <laughs> in. Either at wildcard yeah. or take over the division, and they collapse it down the stretch. Yeah, the pilot episode of this podcast, we we really well, we did almost all football, but the second episode, we kind of jumped into baseball a little bit. Yeah, and that was right after the Phillies had swept the the, uh, the Atlanta Braves, or no, actually no, it was about a month after they swept the Mets. The Mets. They just beaten the Cubs. Um, the weekend, coincidentally, the weekend that I bought my house, uh, like uh-huh. beginning of August. Um, the day that we got the keys, I believe, was a Friday. That was the first game of the series against the Mets. They swept the Mets out that weekend, and that's when we were pretty much riding high. That was like the Phillies' biggest weekend of the season. Wheeler had that like that shutout on the Roy Halladay um, celebration day. Mm-hmm. Phillies looked like they were trending the proper direction. The Braves had Finally, been, you know, right? kind of skidding a little bit. And uh, from that point forward, it was kind of just like treading water. And we'll get to it later, but um, I think the trade deadline is really the turning point of the season for the NL East. 100%. Shout out to the Atlanta Braves. Um, yeah. Fred Freeman. Yeah, congratulations has, to them. Yeah, for sure. As you said, Fred Freeman is now a World Series champion heading into free agency. My man is about to get paid regardless where he's going, wherever yeah. he chooses to. And we can play, you know, real quick. GM, would you keep him? Or would you keep him at a price? And if he wants more, you could let him walk. I, I would probably keep him at whatever he wants if I'm the Braves. Really? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same thing. Do you think he leaves or do you think he stays? I think he loves Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. He'll stay. And I think he'll, I think, I don't know how baseball works with their salary and their money, but I think he'll take less to keep certain players that are still hasn't got paid so they can build that foundation and maybe have a couple more runs in them. Yeah. Like so, the Houston Astros, they have their core three, and they're always competitive, it seems like, down uh, playoff time. Yeah, so um, I, I forget who they passed, but um, Correa, Altuve, Bregman, and Guriel just passed, like Jeter, O'Neal, Posada, and I think Bernie Williams for the most postseason games among four players. So it's crazy how long the Astros have sustained success. Yeah. It's also super weird that Guriel is like the third, the fourth name because you got the three stars and it's like, oh, that's right. Yuli Guriel has been there for five years as well. Um, but, the, you know, the Braves, I would have to look at their, their salary situation, but they went out and they traded for a bunch of guys at the deadline. Might as well get into it now. Jorge Soler was acquired at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario. They literally went out and got a whole new outfield at the deadline. Philly's got Kyle Gibson. Um, hey. Yeah, worked out. <laughs> Good player. But, you know, I feel like the Braves probably have a bunch of rentals on the roster. So they should have a bunch of salary coming off the books. 
and they should be able to afford Freeman. I'm sure they will be able to, and if they really want to, they can. But keep in mind, they have they've lost. I'm sorry, they have Austin Riley at third base, who Mm. profiles body type wise probably as a first baseman going forward, uh, just athleticism wise. And you know they have plenty of depth. I'm sure they can figure it out if he leaves, but I don't think he's leaving. Plus, they got Acuna coming back off injury. Um, Who knows what Marcelo Ozuna is going to be, kind of what his future will look like with the domestic abuse stuff, but. It's tough. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, losing those two players, especially Cunha, who looked like was going to be the MVP, or he was my for, preseason prediction for MVP. Yeah, losing him, you thought, oh, down, they're done. Uh, my question was earlier uh, at the trade deadline: Do you think the Braves went all in on this season? Like, let's just see, because you're saying they basically picked up a bunch of rentals. Like yeah, I mean, going to win it for this season. They had something. They knew something that we didn't clearly. At the trade deadline, you know what else it was? Is they went all in, and it really didn't cost them a whole lot long term. So they acquired Eddie Rosario for Pablo Sandoval for all intents and purposes. Sandoval certainly not going to be a part of their future. They got Jack Peterson for virtually nothing. Adam Duvall coming back for almost nothing, and then they traded like one minor league prospect to get um who's the other guy Jorge Soler. So mm-hmm. they went all in, but it's not like they really jeopardized the future. So they kept themselves competitive for the for the foreseeable future which is you know admirable especially in this day and age where prospects are thrown around like like nothing like so it, basically so the, they they made it so that they can rebuild and or i'm sorry like uh like reload in the offseason if need be this next generation of the of the uh braves did it i think first time since 95 i want to say yeah oh. um tom glavin was the winning pitcher that night jesus and Max Freed tonight. So what a game! That whole, whole pitching staff maintained the shutout. Good for them. Ice in their veins. So shout out to the uh, Atlanta Braves. Yeah, because you know, despite you know two Philly fans, a little bitter about it, but that's what it is. Yeah. I'm not really as bitter about it as I as I was for the Nationals a few years ago. I, I, I for to be completely honest with you, this is a very likable team. Yeah. Um. And I think playing against the ultimate heels in the Astros certainly made them more, you know, of a team baby you could root for. The baby yeah. Face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like baby face in the way that like Triple H would be a baby face. <laughs> like you still hate him, but he's like, you know, he's fighting a good fight. Uh, but I mean, everybody on that team is likable. Swanson's cool. Albies is awesome. Um, Travis Darno, former Philly prospect. Freeman's like the, like the, I don't know, like the the TV star, movie star kind of, like main character in a high school movie about like the jock that like everybody loves. And he's just like the hometown kid. Um, all these Acuna, uh, Austin Riley coming out this season, just good team overall. So, and they have Ron Washington on the staff, 500 year old, um, like bench oh, coach or whatever. Jesus. Brian Snicker has been with the Braves for like 60 years, like literally like 60 years. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things that you can like about the team and, you know, even with their racist chant they do in the uh, stadium. <laughs> you think, uh, before we uh, switch gears to a different sport, uh, mm-hmm. you think now the Atlanta Braves will be spotlighted by uh, cancel culture? I think it's already begun. I don't think it'll chant? be successful because I was watching the Chiefs game last night for a little bit and they, they, they're still doing it there. Nice. So I don't know. What it will find? What do you think? I think cancel culture will always find something. They'll always it'll be find a, a mess. 
I Unless Michael you're trying Myers. to cancel Michael Myers. I mean, that was last week's breaking news. Michael Myers is apparently homophobic. Yeah. So, well, you know him. <laughs> yeah, I know him already. If, if anybody knows Michael, Doctor <laughs> Loomis was trying to warn us the entire time. But uh, yes, out of the PA turn pod and uh, front of the show, Cunha and Freeman. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Yes, and we will get to one more World Series topic when we get to our W's and our L's. Actually, two more because my W and my L both are World Series adjacent. I think I have the same one. <laughs> do, do you say, is, is it your W that you think we have the same one of? No, that's my law. Oh, okay. The W is, you're going to find the W amusing if I haven't sent it to you already. Gotcha. All right, Rob. Let's switch over to the NFL. A jam-packed week eight, but overall the entire week leading up to week eight. And then what a, after, what a wild ride. I mean, I don't even have, I should, did you update the spreadsheet? I did not update the spreadsheet. Right, I counted at one point. I believe I was eight and I think I was like seven and seven at one point or something like that. So I didn't update it. Um, I guess we'll just run through some of these games, rapid fire, get your um, thoughts on each one. Let me see if I can pull it up. But before that, let's just go to quickly the big breaking news or like the top stories. Mm-hmm. of this wild week eight. Oh, it's not even on the dock. All right, cool. So Tuesday, uh, Tuesday the 2nd, came out, what, like maybe 10 a.m. Henry Ruggs is now in the Ray Lewis, Dante Stallworth category where he killed a guy or killed a person. Um, was he taken into custody? I know he was, he, he was, it was a DUI, three in the morning in Vegas. Um, he wound up getting with an accident and it it was unfortunately cost somebody their life. So he was arrested on charges DUI and resulting in the death of I believe two people, I believe. I think it was oh, one hmm. I think it was one at first and then it came out that it's two people. Yeah. So our condolences and our sympathies to the family of the victim there. I know they're listening. Uh so T's and P's for them. Um and don't Henry Ruggs. I should actually be more careful i'm not sure if it's one i know it's one person that i don't know if i think it was one and then there were other people that were injured that were not fatally injured um i believe i read that it was just one um henry ruggs do you think his career is over pretty much pretty much um the victim the victim was 23 years old unbelievable unbelievable so much Um, life to live You would expect better from a from a saving product, yeah. Saving product and a like Nick a saving guy. Yep, a, a professional, and that's probably going to be another bad light on Vegas itself of having a sports mm-hmm. team there because the the, the temptation that's there is twenty four seven, like no joke. And it'll be amplified in the summer and amplified during holidays and amplified during sporting events like there's a team like the nfl active season this might have came out maybe you know on the off season sure but having it in the in season is even worse the knows that he wasn't as sleeping he wasn't like you know doing anything as a professional leading up to his week nine or week eight matchup to be out in about two in the morning 3 a.m 4 a.m drunk intoxicated whatever you want and resulting in an accident and someone dying out of it. It's, yeah, it's just very irresponsible. It's very upsetting to uh, 
to think about. So again, our condolences to the uh, the family. It's I, I'm surprised there hasn't been more attention paid to the idea that a football team in Vegas is perhaps a little irresponsible. But you would hope that these are grown men that you know act responsibly. The thing that makes no sense to me, and I'm not sure if you heard this or saw this. So I saw it on TikTok today as well as I heard it on the radio earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in the NFL or if you're employed by an NFL team, supposedly you have a little card on the back of that card has a phone number and you can call that phone number and get a free ride Unbelievable. wherever, whenever you need. So these guys have access to either, I don't know if it's Uber or Lyft or it's another service through the, um, the team, but you know, he could have very easily picked up the phone and called and not cost that person their life. I was just going to say that too. Like these professionals, they have access to a lot of, you know, yeah. things that help them to get to wherever they need to be. Either you get a security guard or you get a rookie on the on the team, like part of the hazing. Hey, Rook. Yeah. Not even out. that. How many people do you think all these players know? Yeah. I'm sure somebody was awake at 3 a.m. Vegas time that could have picked up uh, Henry Ruggs. I don't know if anybody was in the car with him or if he was just on his yeah, own. He but was. No, he was okay. a 22-year-old female passenger. I want to say maybe girlfriend. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know, sister. Who knows? But, I would assume she wasn't, you know, in the right state of mind to drive either. So yeah, they were transported to the hospital for injuries. But yeah, hopefully they're okay. Like hopefully that. everybody is okay that is, you know, able to be salvaged. But uh, nothing you can do to replace the uh, the life that was lost. So to very upsetting. Uh, I'm I'll backtrack. I don't think his career is over, but I wouldn't be surprised. I would probably shut him down for the season, like. Oh, well, if he gets arrested, it's, you know, he's kind of done for. Yeah. You wonder if he ends up coming back in a few years and he's like um much different type of um, discipline, but like a Josh Gordon type where they're like, you know what, the talent is there. Somebody will take a chance on this guy for a second time and we'll see what happens in 2023 on the, you know, the Texans or whatever. This is, this is going to be an unfortunate wake up call for this young man, 22 years of age. Yeah. Like you said, a future, a long future ahead of him. And just like, the, the deceased uh, lady, long future, and yep. just cut short. And his NFL career might be cut short already at 22 yep. years old. Um, I'm just looking at it right here. In, the, in addition to the charges of DUI resulting in the death of another person, Ruggs also faces a charge of reckless driving. Any possible bail will not be determined until Ruggs sees a judge. So Unbelievable. There you go. Yeah, so I guess pivoting from you know the legal aspects to the football portion of it mm-hmm. more adversity for the Raiders um, you know the first thing that came out of course was you know Chucky being racist misogynistic talking about that guy's lips um, being a little bit of homophobic against Michael Sam and Jeff Fisher uh, Derek Carr loses another weapon you know more adversity for them we'll see how how well you know the leadership on that team can keep it everything together if you want to find a positive spin to this whole thing is this could be a very big deterrent in the future for other players who may be, you know, a little intoxicated, but still able to think somewhat clearly yeah. in a situation like that. They might think, Hey, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't get behind the wheel and uh, maybe I should call this special little number here that I'm privileged enough to have access to. It's and that might save a life in the future. For sure. It's unfortunate that we have to, something that bad and tragic has to happen. Or is it sinking even more, even though this isn't the first and 
unfortunately this won't be the last time that this happens so yeah hopefully it's the last one for a while yeah for sure um, a little bit more um football to get to we'll knock out some of the more depressing ones early on uh derrick henry the uh Jesus. in the dictionary you look at bell cow running back he seems to be the picture there <laughs> successful surgery this morning on his foot the titans uh, from unless i read it incorrectly correct me if i'm wrong they expect him to possibly be back at the very end of the season um i read it's a six to eight week recovery so he could be back for playoffs is that right if that's or is he definitely shut down for the season because i've seen conflicting reports let me look it up uh because I've been seeing, so six to 10 weeks is what he'll miss. So that could put him on track to return just in time for, you know, late in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I um, don't think he'll make a f- full recovery and be a feature back. If anything, he'll be coming for a couple of plays, but I mean, Jesus. Derrick so, Henry, if anybody can come back from that injury <laughs> within the season, it's only him, that ma- that beast of a man. Yeah. So according to Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, um, yeah. six, he'll be out six to 10 weeks. Six would be quite fast. Eight is the more likely scenario. Either way, Tennessee expects him to be back this season. Now, this could not be any worse timing because the trade deadline was 24 hours after the, you know, the diagnosis. Yeah. Um, do you think that Tennessee should have gone out and gotten a running back? Or do you think they should have gone out and gotten a wide receiver? I'll explain the latter they when you're finished. A running back because you want to give your feature back some, you know, rest. If you're expecting to be in the playoffs or make a run, have them fresh down the stretch because it, and you have an extra week mm-hmm. this year. So, you know, the body, you, know, you can't go with running backs. They're expen- expensive. You can get running back off the street. So it's not that bad, but. During the trade deadline, yeah, get a good running back, a solid one. Yeah, so as it stands right now, Kari Blossom and Jeremy McNichols are the two running backs that are most likely to see an uptick in workload. They signed Adrian Peterson yesterday. Oh, and, my goodness. Um, Darrington Evans, who was the number two back last year, is out with an injury, so they are going to have to piece it together. The reason I ask if they should have gone out and gotten a receiver, so first of all, I think the first call I would have made if I were the Tennessee general manager, would be to Atlanta to see what it might take to get Mike Davis. I think he would have been the first target on my list because he's a guy that can carry the ball, catch the ball out of the backfield. Saw him last year with Carolina. He can be, you know, a feature back in a, you know, a short time period. This year, not so much because he's losing touches to Cordero Patterson, but he would have been the first call I would have made. Second call would have been to Miami, see what it takes to get Devontae Parker out of there. Um, Jesus, save that man. Save him. the yeah, my rationale for asking should they gone out, should they have gone after a wide receiver mm-hmm. is you figure you can't replace Henry, certainly can't replace his production or his workload. Tannehill's gonna drop back 40 times a game. You may as well go get another weapon for him. Um Julio Jones, AJ Brown, Anthony Ferkser, um, the guy uh, Josh Reynolds or a tight end. Nick, yeah, Nick Westbrook Akina. You go out and get another guy to throw to. So they also picked up Deontay Foreman to the practice oh, okay. squad. I feel like he's bounced around a million times. I've heard his name so much that he was a Texas, I believe, college. Went to Houston in the pros. He was somewhere else this season as well. 
and this injury doesn't. I mean, injury like that sucks, but this week especially would suck because they had to Los Angeles to take on the Rams on Sunday Night Football and their newest uh, newest toy. How about yeah. this? What a segue! I, right? uh, yeah, so Monday, uh, my schedule has changed a little bit uh, yeah. this week and next week. So Monday, I went in at two o'clock. Um, prior to going in, I was trying to take a nap. So uh-huh. Benny and I are laying there on the bed, and I had I, there was nothing on. I don't really watch TV and I don't really watch Mari. So there's like nothing to watch during the day. So I threw on the NFL network and Benny and I are trying to take a nap and I hear breaking news. Von Miller headed to the Rams. And I'm like, what? So I woke up and Von Miller traded to the Rams for a 2022 second and third round pick. I didn't know the Rams had picks left or cap space. Right. So, um, so the understanding is that the Broncos were willing to eat a, you know, a substantial amount of that contract. In order to one make it fit under the Rams cap, and two um, make the return a little bit better, so a second and a third round pick for a guy that I believe is also a free agent at, at season's end. Rams get a little bit better. Broncos get to add a little bit of you know more picks to the cupboard. Uh, is this a win-win? Yeah, this is the rare win-win. <clears throat> and Bob <laughs> Miller, he's already a champion. Now he's going to a basically a Super Bowl contending team. And he'll have that little bit of fire and energy now going to a more competitive division and team that is looking like they're hitting on all cylinders. You might have the MVP in Matt Stafford. You might have probably right now. I think he's the leading receiver in uh Cooper cup. Yeah. He's, he's set to break some records. I mean, in McVay, his offensive genius, that defense, Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. and now Von Miller. Good googly moogly. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is there. They have a, it's a it's a Madden ultimate team, really what they did, did there. They and, uh, uh, and also with the departure of Deshaun Jackson. I mean, like look, this team, the Rams out of nowhere going to the moon, and I have them off my playoff list. I look like more of a donkey each week. <laughs> That's okay. Go. That's all right. It makes up for me having the Giants on mine. So Deshaun Jackson's an interesting one. And if you don't mind, I'm going to group in Odell Beckham Jr. with this too. I, just so I don't know if you today. saw what happened with him. So Jesus. Deshaun Jackson seems to just not fit in anywhere. His um, his workload was not to his liking. Um, so he hasn't gotten hurt this season, but I think it's because he's only played 25% of the snaps. But he's <laughs> yeah. upset because he played 25% of the snaps. I don't know what he expects on a team like that. Um, I, it's, I Like fall in line. You're on the best team you've ever been on. I don't know how you view this, but I think uh, it's kind of upsetting. It sucks because he was a Philly, I mean, an Eagle. Yeah. And he left because of, I believe, Chip Kelly and all the other nonsense. And he was, he was getting injured, to be fr- quite frank. He was getting injured while he was here in his first stint. Left, did his stint around. Then he came back and literally played, like, what, one game? Got injured, hamstring, <laughs> came back, got injured again. And then we caught him or whatever. That yeah. Happened. So 2019 was the most bizarre season I think I've ever seen in football. Um, that first game, they were down, what, 14 nothing to the football team. Yeah. That was on my birthday. I had friends over. We were watching Red Zone. It was 14 nothing. Um, Mike Scott was fighting Eagles fans in the parking lot. <laughs> um, and then J- Jackson catches two bombs. And then week two, they go to Atlanta. Alshon's hurt. He's hurt. Goddard's hurt. They had no receivers. Aguilar dropped a touchdown at the end. Weird season, but uh, Jackson wound up playing, I think, what, nine games in two years? 
and that was the extent of his second stint in Philadelphia. He scored the touchdown late last season from Hurts in the Cowboys game, but you know that his Eagles career kind of died on a vine. And remember, that's that's him trying to play, and now that he's not playing as much but healthy, he's complaining. Yeah. Hey man, take the take the pay cut or whatever it is. <laughs> take your play calls and wait for your number to be called. Get a ring, possibly, or get in the playoffs, first of all, and then ball out from there. He could be one of those players that in the postseason would just break out because all the attention is going to be on Woods and Cooper Cup. You know, the whole idea of him, yeah, the whole idea of him playing so sparingly now is to keep him fresh for the playoffs so they can unleash him then. Now, do you think he catches on with it or he latches on to another team, or do you think it's kind of just curtains for right now? I think it's curtains. Ah! Someone will take a chance. Maybe the Raiders now. Yeah. Without rugs. But I didn't even think of that. But Deshaun has that history of quote unquote gang affiliated and all his you know, off the field shenanigans. So Vegas not really good, especially fresh with rugs. But he can I mean he is older now, but he can still stretch the defense and explosive. Yeah. Yeah, he's still a burner. I think perfect fit would be Vegas. I think that's a good spot. And another team I was going to mention um, might not be a perfect fit, but maybe Cleveland, especially if Odell Beckham's father is going to keep tweeting out videos of his son not getting passes. So OBJ's dad tweeted out like a, a video of Baker Mayfield just not targeting his kid, which feels like something you would do when you're 12. Um, <laughs> what's your take on this? I didn't hear about that, but I just saw like I think LeBron tweeted or something that said free. I was going to ask you about that too. Yeah, so, so LeBron, what's going on here? Yeah, fraud of the That's nation. Lost. Cleveland boy um, uh, wants to wants to take the biggest playmaker off the Browns. So I don't know. LeBron's a fraud. Did, don't give me. I don't know what LeBron. he expects to happen. We'll talk about LeBron when we get to the like the Sixers. A real quick NBA thing, but uh, yeah. The OBJ thing, that's pretty nasty. That's that's an ugly divorce waiting to happen. And the fact that the trade deadline passed, he is stuck there. Uh, but I think NFL's weird. These stories are weird. I believe he's going to be targeted a lot more this this game, uh, upcoming game. If not, it's even a bigger flag than, uh, than it already is. Kind of reminds me of uh, when you're playing Madden and you're in a franchise mode and your players are disgruntled. In order to boost their, yeah, they come to you after a game and then to boost their morale, you have to target them six times or whatever the next game or get them 100 yards. And then their morale goes up. So I think they're going to make it a point to get Beckham involved. I mean, if they want Um, that offense to explode, you need to. Yeah, especially with Kareem Hunt out. Um, So one one last thing, Fletcher Cox was not traded on the deadline. None of the Eagles were. They traded for a, like a, some backup cornerback, gave up like a six-round pick. Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, I forget the name. He went to LSU. Peterson? Um McPherson? I don't know. Coney something. I forget the guy's name. Doesn't matter. But they went out and got a corner. Um Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Javon Hargrave, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, all the old guys are still here. It seems like the Flacco and Ertz trades were the uh, the only two that they were gonna really do. Yeah. Uh I think they, they might trade him at the end of the season, maybe. Yeah, for during like the draft, maybe he has a pretty hefty dead cap number. It would have been about twenty four million dollars against the Eagles' cap. So maybe waiting to the offseason is not the end of the world. 
I mean, I'm sure he wants to stay here, but I don't know. It, he's getting older, and that contract looking crazy, and the defensive scheme isn't really working for him. So, I think yeah, at so this moment, so sometimes a change of scenery will help. Yeah. Um, what do you want to do next? Do you want to do a quick rundown of week eight, or do you want to go right into the Eagles recap of just yeah. what the hell happened? Let's jump into both. So we'll <laughs> lead off with the Eagles here. Yeah. Um. 44 to 6. I don't know how much of this game you saw. None of it. But the Eagles won with, as everybody predicted, as you and I both predicted prior to the week, uh, they covered the minus 37 and a half. Um, <laughs> so Jalen Hurts throws for 103 yards. Uh, Gardner Minshew throws for 11. So we asked if we would see Minshew at all. You said we might see him this week. There you go. Um, TTP, baby. Um, Minshew, for what it's worth, two attempts, two completions. He actually had a higher QBR than Hertz. <laughs> Hertz threw for 103 yards. He rushed for another 71. They ran the ball a ton. Boston Scott, 12 carries, two touchdowns. Jordan Howard, welcome back. Undertaker meme. All right. Two 12 carries, 57 yards, two touchdowns. Kenny Gainwell, 13 carries, 27 yards. Jalen Rager, two carries. So 21 yards. Yep. Dallas Goddard. 72 yards in the leading race. that's amazing. He had 70% of Hertz's passing yards. Still crazy. He had all of the catches, basically, six of them. Yeah. Next one was Quez Watkins with two, and everybody else had one. Uh Devontae Smith. That's looking rough right now. I was just looking at his game log to see how he's been, and he's been up and down, up and down. His only touchdown was week one. Um since then, 16 yards, 28 yards, 122 yards. 77, 31, 61, and 15. Um, is Are you concerned about him, or do you think it's more of a product of the quarterback? I'm a little concerned. A little concerned. Um, because when the you know, quarterback's running for his life, that's not going to help either, but Quez Watkins is getting open, burning people. I think that I think Quez Watkins on the team has the, the leading receiver in yards. Um, Goddard had six catches, so I mean, Devontae Smith has to get his own, got to get off the line. I mean, he's probably getting double coverage like crazy or wherever he's put on the field, but yeah, it's a little worrying, especially how struggled they, they have been, especially in this game. Grant, grant, they ran the ball down the lines as throughout, but you got to manage to get catch more than one. This is like Benny one point right here. This is craziness, brutal. Um, so the Panthers won 19-13 over the Falcons. Pretty much a nothing game there. Uh, it was a battle of two teams that just whichever team wanted to lose more was going to do it. Uh, the Dolphins covered the 14 for me. Oh, no, they didn't. Oh, I I, I said the Dolphins were going to cover that 14. They didn't. Bills beat them 26-11, to just like everybody predicted. Nice, ugly score. Um, yeah. Dolphins have, have hung in there some of these games. 49ers beat the Bears 33-22. Another ugly game. We both had the Bears. Too many ugly games. Yeah. Garoppolo played well. That was his best game of the season, I thought. Um, speaking of ugly games, Steelers-Browns, 15-10 Steelers. Uh, what in the world happened all week? <laughs> Titans beat the Colts on a field goal in overtime. That I was a good you, game. That was going to be the game of the week. Yeah, you're right. I think I agreed. The next gut. one, a game that I did not want to touch, and I'm glad I didn't. Fireman Joe, sorry for your loss. 
But the Jets beat the Bengals 34-31. Dude, I was riding high in the Bengals. Had Jamar Chase two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's going to blow the doors off the Jets. No. Nope. Total hangover. He, uh, Fireman Joe asked me Sunday morning. He said, you like the Bengals minus 10? I said, I'm not touching them with a stick today. And <laughs> in fairness, know. I didn't touch anything with a stick on Sunday. But the Jets, I don't know. Mike White. So uh, here's a shout out for uh, if anybody's listening in my fantasy league. Yeah. I'm in a league where you have to start two quarterbacks um, and it's a dynasty league. Every single quarterback is on a roster. I had Tua, <laughs> Russell Wilson, and Derek Carr. Wilson's hurt. Carr was on a bye. I had Tua, so I needed a second quarterback. The only quarterback there that was going to play was Mike White, so I pick him up. <laughs> Throws for 405 yards, so up yours every single person in my fantasy league. And here's the um, thing. Here's a little note that I see here. White is the second quarterback since 1950 with 400 plus yards in his first career start cam newton was the first wow jesus i think it's those two and vinnie testaverde had the the highest number of yards in their debut uh the seven and one rams beat the one and seven texans surprise surprise texans covered the 16 and a half um, by a half (laughs) it was 38 to nothing (laughs) or something like that It was 38 to 10 or something and the uh, the texans came came back that that reminds me we both sat here last week and said, oh, for sure the Eagles, are, that game is never going to hit the the over of 48. They did it on their own. They did it on their own, and then the Lions add mercy with six points. Jeez. Uh, so if it was 44, 44 and a half, we were golden until they hit two field goals. Oh, tragicness. Next up, never, never just dismiss your hunch. I told you the Patriots were going to be dangerous on Sunday, and I you backed did. down, and I said the Chargers would beat them, and then the Patriots did it. So Belichick just knows how to beat teams on the road, man. He knows how to beat the Chargers because this is his sixth straight game <laughs> beating them, so I should have saw that one coming too. Um, speaking yeah. of not seeing anything coming, your dog of the week got trounced, <laughs> as, as as if mine didn't. Um, <laughs> right. Mine lost by 38, yours lost by 24, so you beat me by tw- uh, 14. Seahawks beat the Jags. That was a nothing game. I don't really care about the Seahawks right now. The Broncos beat the football team 17-10 with the most common final score in NFL history. Um, <laughs> another one that I don't even know if you have anything to say. Nothing. Saints. How about Trevor Simeon? 36-27 Saints over the I Bucks. He was in the league. Joel, I went to Browns Jets on Monday Night Football in 2019. The huh. second my friend Zach and I walk in the stadium, we look at the monitor. Trevor Simeon is on the ground. His leg snapped in half. And uh, Darnold was out that game because of mono. Simeon got the start, snapped his leg. And we had to watch Luke Falk for four quarters. So oh good for Trevor Simeon beating the GOAT. I don't know if Brady shook his hand. I doubt it, though. <laughs> I doubt it. Um, and then the Sunday night game, this was my lock of the week, the under. Cowboys beat the Vikings 20-16. to 16. I, dude, I should have went with my hunch. I had the Cowboys, and I was like, you know what? They don't have Dak. I have no idea who this Cooper guy is. Let me uh, just go with the Vikings. I think home. you did. You wound up officially locking in the Cowboys for what it's oh, worth. So you, yeah, you beat me in the picks because of it. Let's go. And then, dude, your other hunch almost hit too. The, the, you, you, the were close to saying, you were close to saying the Giants were going to win. And to be fair, they probably should have won on, on Monday. That was an awful game, and the Chiefs have a lot of glaring holes. And I'm telling you what, picking up Melvin Ingram at the deadline is not going to fix their problems. Their problems are somewhere within. I think their quarterback is manic depressed because he's got to deal with his TikTok brother 
Egg as an annoying wife. So, yeah, uh, he his focus is not there. You can clearly see it. I don't know what's going on there. Or this could be the classic Andy Reid's philosophy, just dwindling down where the players aren't, aren't listening now. Yeah, and, and this uh, is the um, fireman Joe pointed out to me. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm just saying. I think his time is coming. Andy Reid, big red. Could be handed over to the enemy. Fireman Joe pointed out to me this morning. This is the final year before Mahomes' huge contract kicks in, so they have to go for this year because they're going to have to shed a lot of salary in the offseason. Oh. Or they're going to have to do the Roseman thing where they re, you know. Restructure it. Renegotiate everything. Yeah, restructure. So Hill could be gone. Kelsey could be gone. Somebody else will be gone. Um, they just traded Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the, uh, the, the guy with the PhD, the offensive lineman. He got traded to the Jets because they got to protect Mike White. Um, so, I mean, you, you never know. Chris Jones could be gone. They could be losing a lot of guys on that defense next uh, this offseason. But pivoting from that, Unless you have anything else you want to share from uh, week eight. Um, real quick, after that big win by the Eagles, are they back in the NFC wildcard hunt? Are the Eagles turning the season around? Uh, I'm going to guess by that question, probably. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the standings look like. The Falcons lost. The Falcons were ahead of them. Panthers won. The Giants lost. Um, Seahawks won. So there's some te- and, the, and the Saints won. So there's some teams in there that will pose a trouble to the Eagles if they want to jump over. I'm just I'm saying pull it up the, for my bold prediction of having the Eagles in the playoffs. The Eagles currently are trapped. Um, they are one game out of the third wild card. However, they are behind three teams. So the Rams are seven and one. They are NFC the first wild West. card. <laughs> yeah. The Saints are five and two. Carolina is four and four. Minnesota, San Francisco, Atlanta are all three and four. Philadelphia is three and five. Yeet. So do you think they get in? Not like that. No. Yeah, uh, they're playing a desperate charter scene this week, uh, which we will get to on Friday. But um, sure. that line's only one and a half, which makes me think the Eagles are going to win. It'll change. It'll, It'll change. change. It, it's, it opened at three. Oh, really? Yeah, it opened at Chargers minus three on the road. I would that. And now it's minus one and a half. I think that's an Eagles line. Um, but nonetheless... The two worst quarterbacks in the NFL will play each other tomorrow night, or perhaps the two best, given what's happened in the last few weeks. Mike White and Carson Wentz uh, facing off in the battle of the – oh, okay, that's right. They have to play this week. Someone's going to watch them. Jets and the Colts. I have the Colts massively. There's no way. I, I think it'll be a very good game. I think it's going to be one of those entertaining games that we just watch, and you're like, oh, you know what? That was a great appetizer for football this weekend. Yeah. Especially the Jets knocking out the number one Bengals. I'm going to make a bold prediction here. I'm going to have to research it live on the podcast. Yeah. How about a Mike White anytime touchdown? You love losing money. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't know anything about this guy. I'll tell <laughs> you what. He's, he's got his lunch pail. He's got a high motor. The Colts are minus 550 tomorrow. A high motor. Just <laughs> or uh, two days from now, I apologize. Oh, man. Tell you what, Mike White is plus 600. No, uh, no. Do with that information what you desire. But um, so what do you, so it's minus 10 and a half. The Colts cover that. Yes. Is our boy back though? Hot Who's Rod? That? 
Hot Rod? Uh, that's a good question. His backup made a kick on Sunday. I don't think Hot Rod's back. Terrible. Did you watch uh, the NFL Network feature on him? Hey, man, it's part of my uh, wins and loss, but no, I haven't, actually. I, I got to send it to you. It's fantastic. You did send it to me. I just have to it seems like it, such a nice man. I seen his, uh, I think it was his sneaker collection, and then he showed his Lego set, and he actually was doing a Lego in the Millennium Falcon or some something he was doing at the end of the interview. And I was like, what a king. What a nice guy. What a king. Uh, you know what's cool is, um, so I don't, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but in the midst of that, so he went to, he got recruited by Georgia. I'm, actually, he might have walked on. He went to Georgia. He redshirted his freshman year. It was his understanding that the kicker was going to finish out his senior year and yeah. then Hot Rob would be the kicker the following year. Um, I believe it was Mark Richt was the head coach. He was out. Here comes Kirby Smart. He loses that um, opportunity for a scholarship. But at, at, during that season, he finds out he's on scholarship. He announces it in the locker room. The entire locker room goes nuts. So that's pretty cool how much everybody liked him in college. Hot Rob was a king in college too. So happy for that slaying. man. He was slaying. He was the big man on campus. The big foot on campus too. Yeah, the big leg on campus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I haven't died right. yet. That I was close. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it together as my vein pops out. Um, so we both like. See, I I kind of like the Jets tomorrow, but they they just came off a win. Um, it's not a it's not a hunch. It's more a spoiler. I don't know. The Colts the Colts can't lose this game. They can't. I mean, they they just can't allow for it to happen. Actually, I'm gonna might I might do a bold prediction. I think the Jets are gonna win. I think the Jets are gonna win. Salah has them right where they want them. And here's the thing. Look at the hangover, what happened with the Bengals. Mm. The hangover now after that grueling division game against the Titans. That's overtime. And Carson Wentz is a turnover poppy, especially in prime time. The Jets, baby. Where's Fireman Joe? Come on. I'll text him. He's probably awake. Oh, the other Fireman Joe. The actual one with the Jets. Isn't that his name? Fireman Joe? Who's it? The guy in the stands with the fireman hat. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. That's oh probably God. the real fireman, Joe. It's not the dog that we're putting on the Instagram pictures. Not at all. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Excuse me. Fireman Ed. Is his uh, name. Same thing. I thought you were talking about Joe Douglas. No. I, was like, I don't know. He's a firefighter. Um, oh, I got moving you. on. Real quick. I'll just share the screen with you in the meantime. Sure. Um. So moving on, the Sixers, We um, when we last spoke to you, we acknowledged that they would be playing Atlanta, Portland, and Chicago on... Oh, geez, that guy looks like a lunatic. <laughs> That's Fireman Ed. Uh, Fireman Ed needs to crawl back in the, uh, the fire. Um, <laughs> so Saturday night, the Sixers beat the piss out of the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Um, so it's a best of nine now. Sixers have even the series at four, and it's a best of nine. My question to you is if the Sixers did not have redacted, but they had George Niang and Andre Drummond in the playoffs, would they have won that series? They would have swept them clean. <laughs> did you see that Tell performance? Furkan Korkmaz is my second most favorite Sixer right now. <laughs> How can you not love son. him? Dude. The, when the jerseys finally came out and their Instagrams, the first picture I saw was Cork Maz <laughs> with the foam one. He looked like a complete G. 
Did you know that Furkan Korkmaz a couple years ago actually requested a trade? Really? He requested a trade. They were just like, no. And he was like, okay. And he came back. (laughs) 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 And now he's like signed like three more contracts with the team. And now he's like, they're probably like their fifth most important player. (laughs) And and not only that, probably their second most likable behind uh, MB. Behind who? Yeah. Well, him and Matisse. Oh, Matisse too. But... Matisse Thibel, by the way, had two, had three blocks on Saturday that I was just astounded by. Man, I don't I, height. So he he came up from behind DeAndre Hunter. He blocked a three pointer by DeAndre Hunter, and then he had one of those side blocks on Trey Young. Yeah, he is. He probably will never win Defensive Player of the Year because he's not as prominent of a name, and Gobert is just so much easier to give it to in Draymond. But he is every bit deserving of All Defense First Team. And we said, you know, the primary defender on the opposing team's best player is going to be tested pretty heavily this weekend. Well, it was Tyrese Maxey. Believe it. He or not. stepped up big time on Trey Young. He stepped up big time on uh, future Sixer Damian Lillard. <laughs> did you love the chance? It was. Expected. I did not. I was going to ask you about that. Um, you didn't love it. I thought they were pathetic. <laughs> Henry Ruggs has just been released. Breaking news. I told you this man's career wouldn't be shocked if it's over. Yeah, I mean, everybody deserves a second chance for that dude. It seems like it's a scumbag. Um, 22, though. 22, and a Saban guy. How often do Alabama guys do stupid things like that? High character. Real quick, do the Eagles pick him up? Alabama. Absolutely not. Smith, Ruggs, Hurts. Oh, my. Yeah, two receivers and a running back. Um, <laughs> so, what did did you like the chance? Yeah, I, I liked the chance because even though it was expected, I just liked that it, we want Lillard. That was it. But overall, eh, if anything, McCollum played as poorly or as good. However, yeah, you they were at both it. pretty terrible. So, I mean, if you were so, foaming at Lillard's performance, look at McCollum, who's been heavily. Mm-hmm. In that trade package to get with Covington, he was just yeah. his equal bat or good. Whichever Covington, I don't know how many deflections he had the other night, but he, he was pretty much a non-factor. Now he I do have two thoughts. Zero points. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, there? I don't know what's going on there. He went from three and nothing to just nothing in D. So <laughs> I don't believe in having your five starters and four of them score, and the fifth one doesn't score because he does the intangibles. The fifth one's got to score at least something. Yeah. Covington was a great three-point shooter when he came into the league, and now he's like only a defender. He was so polarizing here that it, it was almost better that he got that he got traded. Um, so I do have two thoughts as it relates to the Damian Lillard chance. Uh-huh. So they were funny, but they were pathetic. It, you're almost it, it's such a pathetic little pandering. We want Lillard. It, we know you want Lillard, but like I thought they were pathetic. However. Mm-hmm. In the future, if Portland does decide to pull the trigger on a Dame trade, that may be in the back of his mind when he is sitting there and it's January and they're eight, six games out of eighth place in the West. And he's like, you know what? This is going nowhere fast. <laughs> they did they, they did chant at me in Philly. Maybe, that, maybe that'll be good there. The, the big guy told me he wanted me to play there too. They maybe it'll there. make a difference, but I think otherwise it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Um, the other chance during the game, did you get a chance to hear any other chance during the game? No, that was the only chance that I heard of. I was working. 
don't know what happened. George Niang goes to the free throw line and gets MVP chance. <laughs> um, he, after the game, he was asked about playing well. He said, and I think he was serious. I don't want to play poorly in front of Philadelphia fans because I'm, I'm scared to do it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, but he was basically scared to play badly in front of Philadelphia fans. I'm going to be the first to tell you, he's the slowest basketball player I've ever seen. <laughs> but, man, he can shoot. That's the mentality when you want to play in Philadelphia. Yeah. Play good because you're afraid to play bad out here. We'll let you he also um, He also said jokingly that Embiid told him never to let that happen again. <laughs> Which is funny. I love that Embiid is becoming like that leader guy that wants to keep everybody together. But Niang is like a massive upgrade over Mike Scott. For all the things we can say about Mike Scott, how cool he was and how many Eagles fans he fought in parking lots, I have his autograph in here somewhere. Um, Niang is a huge upgrade over him. Poor Niang, though. If you want to go on YouTube and, and you know, stimulate the, uh, the basketball highlight yeah. um, void that you have in your brain, uh, watch him be in college against Iowa State. Poor George Niang had to guard him. All six foot eight of him against 7-2 Embiid, and he got destroyed. So, um, and It's funny how things come full circle. And also another big upgrade is uh, Drummond over yeah. uh, Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is busy fighting people. Um, real quick, uh, it's been reported that Redacted is now going a little hard, quote-unquote hard, in the workouts. And now it came out today that he refuses for uh, any mental help from the 76ers staff. So are we still at the over-under half a game that he plays for the Sixers? I'm still on the under now. So I have... It sounds like you flipped twice now because you were under, then you were over, then you were under again. I flipped once. I'm going to stick with what I said last time. I'm going to still say he does not play. All right. I don't think he plays this season. I I wouldn't be surprised. So I actually... Do you think he gets traded between now and before the draft? Yeah. I don't think so. So you're telling me... Oh, wait, that's a good point. So they're going to get to the... If the Sixers are in the playoff hunt, a high seed, maybe fifth seed, and Redacted still hasn't played, you don't trade for him. You don't trade him away to possibly a contender to meet him and then give up pieces. I think it could end up turning into, um, as as we all know, Joel's a huge hockey guy. This could turn into an Eric Lindros situation where he just sits out an entire season. Oh, I can see that actually. Yeah, that was a crazy season back uh, way back when with Lindros. Well, uh, what season was that? Twenty seventeen. Uh, close. Two thousand. Um, <laughs> I was going to Venmo you a dollar on the pod if you got that. <laughs> uh, but Lindros, he had an issue with ownership. His issue was with ownership. Um, Redacted's issue was with himself. Um, so. <laughs> The um so the Sixers have unveiled these new jerseys. Um, you and I are both on the record. I love them too. That's got to be my number one now. So I do have one little more nugget as it relates to the so the four colors on the side of it. I don't know how often how many how much have you like really looked at it. Yeah, those colors: green, yellow, red. So it's orange, red, blue, and green. Those four colors are on the Spectrum logo. Uh-huh. Supposedly, those also are the four Philadelphia sports team colors. 
And that's why they were on the spectrum logo green for the Eagles, blue and red for the Flyers and or for the Phillies and Sixers, and then orange for the Flyers. How cool is that? Holy smoke. Did you look at any of the other um, city edition jerseys? Um, I was sent uh, the Nets. The Nets are cool. Don't say that out loud. And, and the, ho- into this. The, the Hawks were pretty nice too. Um, yeah, I haven't seen them. Um, but I, I, I love the Sixers. I looked on NBA shop looking for them. I would buy it right now. Today, I would buy it. Full price, not China. Tell me right now, if you want one, I will order them, order them from China because I'm not letting you spend 80 bucks for a jersey. I'll spend 80 bucks and I'll buy you one and you'll and then you'll <laughs> buy me the China one. I guarantee I, dude. So I loved it. Do you have a Sixers jersey? I have nothing. I have no sports. The so, only sports I have is an Eagles green hoodie. That's are you um if you were to get one of these who would you get? Ooh. Embiid. It would have to be Embiid, right? Embiid or Corkmas. I love a Corkmas. So, That'd be wild. I'll be honest with you. I got four guys in mind, and none of them are Embiid, because I, partially because I have so many Embiid's already. The only reason is because I would like Thibault, but I don't think he's going to be here if he's going to be a trade piece. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, the but the reason. fact is this this is a jersey that will only symbolize this one year anyway. Ah, true. Like, I have the gray one, like the, the Rocky one, and it's a Jimmy Butler one, but he was only here for that one year, so it's not like a million guys wore that jersey. And then the next year, the 76ers one, like the throwbacks, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I have an Al Horford one of those. Ugh. But the only season they wore them were the year he was here. So it worked out fine. So Thibel, Maxi, Korkmaz, and Curry are the four guys I'm considering. I like that. But I'm, I'm probably going to get an Embiid anyway because the Chinese ones are like 15 bucks. Because, you know. I would get Embiid, Maxi, and Korkmaz. And Lillard. And Lillard and Thibel. Yeah. And not Curry, because if I'm getting a Curry one, it would be Seth Curry, not Steph. Seth Curry. Not I Seth love Seth Curry. Curry. The I Sixers have the, the Philadelphia finally has the good brother. Yeah, the good one. And I, you just send me all the the jerseys. Mm-hmm. We'll cover what's this on your, Friday. So I'll if, give you my you pick, Okay, let's do a top five on Friday. Impromptu top five of the 2021 right uh, Friday. All right. The, Friday. Of the 2021-22 City Edition jerseys, we'll do top five and bottom three. Tell me right now, I like that Houston Rockets throwback. Love it. Love it, love yeah. it, love it. The Nets as well, throwback, throwback. Now, my only issue with some of these yeah. is the City Edition came out and it was like, this is like the bridge that's near the stadium. This is just like the other sports teams. Some of these have nothing to do with the city that they're in. That Nets one is just a throwback. That Rockets one is just a throwback. The Sixers one at least has the Spectrum tie-in. But you can't. What does the OKC one have to do with Oklahoma City? Like, what about that symbolizes the city? The Bucks. What is that? The Bucks at least is like a, a combination of like old colors. Dude, the Celtics is the same. It, Every one of the Celtics jerseys is hideous. It looks. <laughs> it's a cut. That's all. The, the cut is different. I do kind of like the Atlanta one, but I think it'll look ugly on the floor. It, uh, dude, I was gonna say that's the worst one of them all. Uh, it's just the giant see. logo on it. Yeah, so I'll I'll dig in deeper on yeah. Friday, but um, I have a general idea. Um, um, sir, any NBA TTPs for the listeners out here? Um, so I have one MLB for tonight. Ooh. Um, oh, it's already it has it already hit. 
I had Braves first five, the final first five of the season. And I, I was pretty darn close to being hundred percent on first fives in the playoffs. I missed on one of the White Sox ones and I missed on a Red Sox one. You were pretty deadly on those. Yeah, because not a whole lot of thought needs to go into them. So I, that might be the thing I do next season. It's just first fives. I like that. It's a, it's a lot easier than the first nines. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, any NBA first baskets, partly because you hit one live on the podcast and now I'm just curious for anyone... Uh, none today. There were only five games. I also worked open to close today, so I really wasn't on my phone a ton, so I didn't really look too much. But DraftKings had a promo today. Get a 25% profit boost on your player of your choosing in any game to lead that particular game in points. Mm -hmm. So I used my 25% profit boost on Anthony Davis to lead his game in points. Um, I'm going to take a look at the box score right now. Lakers and Rockets. 727 left in the fourth. Up by four. The leading scorer is currently Russell Westbrook with 27. So Davis is four points behind him. Four minutes left. Could happen. If it's a close game, maybe. But I don't think so. Because I thought that since he's playing the four slash five, Christian Wood can't really guard him. So, But he doesn't like to be in the paint, so he's not going to be there. Yeah, it's because he's a pansy. Pansy. All right, Rob. Well, this is now the end of the episode. Do we have any wins and losses? Or do you have, have anything five. before that? Do you want to uh, I, we're going to I don't really have anything else. Um, Sixers, Bulls tomorrow. Uh, that is... Who do, who do you like in that one? Bulls. So I don't remember what I said on the last pod. I think I said they go 2-1. and one. I think I said they go 0-3, oh if not 1-2. and two. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go and say... So when B didn't play yesterday... He did not. I think he'll play tomorrow for sure. For this game? I think so. No. The problem with him is heavier centers tend to give him trouble. Vucevic is a pretty heavy guy. He's not a good defender. Yeah. But he's a heavier guy. I'm going to go. Good guy. Well, let's go streaking. Let's go. Sixers. Three and a half. Look at you. What's the spread on that? Uh... Probably like three. Uh, there isn't one. Uh, one and a half. Oh, that's a bull's line. Give me the sixer. I'll take that. Oh, I'm, I'm going with the bulls, though. I'm going with the bulls. Going with the bulls. Caruso, I, I, baby. I'm all in. You're going to be right. All in on Caruso. This is, uh, you know what, Tobias Harris, health and safety protocols. Uh, if, if he doesn't play, that's certainly a big loss. Oh, yeah. Well, and Dan, uh, Danny Green got hurt last game. So this could be, a, your loss. this could be a waste of a game. Yeah, who's going to airball corner threes? <laughs> Maybe they'll well. trade for Covington. Yeah, they got to trade for Covington now so he can do it. <laughs> All right, sir. Yes, sir. Anything more from you? What do you got? Um, wins and losses. That's all I have left on in me before we wrap it up, Dan. This is the first time all season that I actually have a win and a loss. I have – we already touched on one of my wins with a hot rod. So I'll share one win and two losses. All right. Why don't you lead off with one of your losses? Well, one of my losses, I mean, it doesn't really matter now because the Atlanta Braves are the World Series champs now as of tonight. But the Braves had the opportunity to become the first MLB team in history 
to win the World Series, clinch the World Series on Halloween this past Oh, Halloween. really? Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I'm like, ah, they could have won. I think it was 3-1 the series. Yeah, that was a, that was Sunday night. And then they, you know, they collapsed and they, they didn't do it, but they would have been the first team in MLB history to win the World Series on Halloween. Now, the Phillies Phillies parade was on Halloween, wasn't it? World effing champs. I think they won on the 29th. I was sick. Didn't go to the parade. Now, the season has gotten progressively longer and longer. So the seasons have been ending later and later, which is probably why nobody's won on Halloween. That's an interesting stat. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. The last Uh, 10 years, I mean, all the last 10 World Series had probably the chance to do that. So that would have been cool. um, And my second L is uh, Famous Jameis. Done for the season. Mm. Torn ACL. We jinxed it. There goes my bold prediction. Starts all 17. Oh, I was. He'll start all 17, except if he gets injured. Not being replaced is where I was going with. And kind of worked. And then Travis Timmy comes in and just blows the doors off and beats the Bucks. Now, this is from LA Times Farmer, Sam Farmer. I'm going to guess that you did not hear about this because it would have come up on the podcast. Probably. Philip Rivers tells me he hasn't heard from the Saints, but would listen. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Philip Rivers is interested in playing for the Saints. That's a lie. That's crazy. Um, So I have one L and one W. My L, uh, this is our first returning L, first recurring L. Uh-oh. Alex Carr of the Good Fight, eight nineteen twenty one. The Phillies collapse solidifies one thing: the NL East straight up sucks. The Phillies are bad. The Mets are bad. The Braves are bad. Whatever team wins here, and it is shockingly still up the air, up in the air, will be crowned the team that sucked the least. What a year! Are people seriously testifying that a Braves team that wouldn't be in line for a wild card spot had they not been in the division are not a bad team? He thought the Braves were going to get crushed in the first round. Now the Braves just won the World Series. So shout out Alex Carr. Hold your L. He blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> so I can't tweet at him. What a PA turn pod listeners. Go on Twitter. What's his handle? Uh, Alex Carr MLB. Can't miss him. He looks like the dude from Twilight. <laughs> Ew, that's nasty. <laughs> um, yeah. Hit him up on Twitter and just. Blast him and show him that tweet. Find it and be like, hey. Oh, he, if you this? go on, um, he got cold takes exposed. Exposed did it. So exposed did it, did it. It's on there. Scanning for it. In it. Masking. Now, my one W might also constitute an, an impromptu L de- uh, designation for this person. Now, do you want to go with your W before I go with mine? After that build up, I'll go first because I have. I'll have nothing. Um, this past <laughs> Saturday, uh, it was UFC 267 in Abu Dhabi, I believe. And uh, Rob, I don't know if you know. Do you know who Hezbollah is? Excuse me? <laughs> who? Hezbollah. Bless you. Thank you, but no. Hezbollah. He's, uh, I don't know. I think he's in his mid-20s, maybe 30s. Small man. He's everywhere on Instagram. Oh, is this the little Andy Milnakis syndrome thing that I saw? On a... I believe so, yes. Well, he's been... I thought up... that was someone's kid. 
Yeah, no, it's a grown man, apparently. <laughs> well, not grown. Well, not grown, grown, but he's a, he's a man. <laughs> and uh, he was there at UFC 267, no, taking pictures with Dana and the commentary crew. And then he supports, you know, the, the Russian fighters. They all won. So he's in the cage, and he's being lifted up like a, like Simba from the Lion Kings. And I'm like, this man is not a boy. <laughs> Do people not know this isn't a boy? This is a grown man. And you see his little feet just dangling and just going back and forth. I'll share, I'll show you the, uh, the video, and you tell me what you think. But also, he has a rivalry with someone else in Russia. I think he's older, but they're the same in height. And they had a shoot promo, and they almost and they were fighting, cage side. I'll sh- I don't know if it's planned because they're supposed to fight eventually, one of these days. But I thought this was pretty funny. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, not good for podcast audio, but trust me, I'm gonna send it to Rob right now. You sir, you can watch the video. I just sent it to you on Instagram. And you can do a play-by-play. It's literally Hasbala and this guy in a suit who's as tall as he is, and they're both going at it, and they're just talking in Russian. It's like watching Rock and Sockham. <laughs> Somebody put the children to bed, please. All right, so my, my W, <laughs> which also constitutes as an L, and I'll explain why in a moment. Uh-huh. Trevor Plouffe, are you, have you seen anything about Trevor Plouffe? sure he's trending on twitter right now i have no idea what that is what's a plus tre- bless you um trevor exactly. Plouf, uh former bless major you. league baseball player he was mostly with the twins his career mm-hmm. actually had a cup of coffee with the phillies as almost everybody has trevor Plouf on yeah, march that, make, that makes the, the yeah. phillies sound like oh like everyone's got to turn on the phillies yeah well yeah trevor Plouf on march 31st uh-huh. predicted the braves would defeat the astros in six games in the world series March 31st, he predicted that. Wait, Joel, had what? he put $100 on that? No way. Had he put $100 down on that, he would have won $25.6 million. Uh, Impromptu L for him. But March 31st, perhaps the prediction of the century. Bro. Braves in six over the Astros in the World Series. Bro. Quite frankly, the craziest prediction I've ever seen. That's his pinned tweet, by the way. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Atlanta Braves over the Houston Astros in six on March 31st. It is his pinned tweet. Absolutely absurd. Um, uh, one small side note. Um, this might be the last chance, uh, unless he sticks around for another season. Uh, this might be the last chance that Dusty Baker ever got to win a World Series. Um, I think it's actually upsetting that Dusty Baker, a man who's been in baseball for I believe 60 plus years now um, does not have a world series championship. So unfortunately he was kind of saddled with being the, the, like the new manager for the Astros going into last season after the cheating scandal. Um, Probably not a more likable manager throughout baseball, at least throughout the last 20, 30 years. So it's unfortunate for him. It sucks that the circumstances were, it was either with the Astros or nobody, but um, if if any manager of the last 30 years deserves a championship that does not have one, it's Dusty Baker. So for sure, sad for him, sad for him. He, he's a hall of famer, no matter what. And he's probably got a million wins. He's probably top 10 all time. But um, I thought he did an excellent job with that Astros team. 
they got into the playoffs last year in spite of all that nonsense that was going on at the beginning of the season. And obviously they went pretty far this year. So congratulations to him on getting to another World Series and uh, uh, very upset that he didn't get a chance to win another one or win, a, win one in general. So Yeah, it's it's it sucks. They play 162 games, grueling playoffs uh, series, and then get to the World Series and then lose the way they did, get shut out. Yeah, it's pretty tough. One Dusty, Dusty made his major league debut in 1968 as a, men, as a member of the Atlanta Braves. He's been a manager since 1993. Um, he won a World Series in 1981. That was as a player. He was on the Los Angeles Dodgers. Has been to the World Series, I believe, now twice. He was there in 02 with the Giants. And now he's there this season. He's um, on the from- Reds then? Three-time manager. He was the Reds manager in 2010, and then he was with the Nationals in 2015. Leaves the Nationals, they win a title. He goes to the Astros, they uh, they don't. So, but they're competitive. Great career. I don't know if it's over, but great career for him. I hope it's not over. I, I do want him to get a shot at it, but yeah, it's it's very hard. It's like it's the elusive ring yeah. that he's chasing. And this might be the final time we talk baseball for a little while. Yeah, I do want to say, mm-hmm. um, I have not made my thoughts too public about the Astros because one, nobody really cares what I have to say, and two, everybody's mm-hmm. got an opinion. Um, what's that old saying? Opinions are like butts. Everybody's got one, and they all stink. Um, Basically, yeah. Every team cheats in some way. The Astros got caught. Um, does that make what they did right? No. Do I think they're scumbags? Yes. Were they pompous in their their rebuttals and their responses when they got called out for cheating? Absolutely. Um, but I think the further and further we get away from that scandal, the less and less people are going to care. And even right now, I don't think that many people care. I think it's awful what they did. I think they should have been reprimanded. They should have had that title rescinded. Their players should have been suspended. Beltran, um, Cora, and Hinch getting you know kind of removed from their manager spots was probably not enough all the draft picks and fines and every team steals signs. You just can't use technology the way they did and they got caught. So I hate the way they won that title. And I think, I think deep down major league baseball wanted them to win that championship because that was in the midst. If you remember 2017, the Texans were kind of tanking. If you remember, I'm sorry, not the Texans, Uh. the Browns. Do you remember the Browns took on the Brock Osweiler contract in exchange for cap space? They they took him at plus draft picks in a very and they got in trouble for it because they were circumventing the NFL salary cap. Vague. Keep in mind, Vague. this is four years of the Sixers process. Buffalo Sabres tanked in 2014. Baseball wanted a quote unquote team that rebuilt the right way to be at the forefront of sports. And I think that baseball really wanted the Astros to win that title in 2017. In 2014, they were on the cover of Sports Illustrated. In 2014, said, this is your 2017 World Series champion. Oh, shit. You can't tell me that wasn't some sort of coincidence. I think baseball wanted the Astros to win that title. And that's why they don't really care that they cheated. Yeah. It's so good that's for the sport my... Too. It's also good for the sport. Yeah. Any controversy can... Exactly. And sport. look how much attention it got. Oh, yeah. So those are my closing thoughts on the World Series. Um, Congratulations to everybody involved, the Braves, the Astros. Great season from both teams. Um, 
good luck on uh, Freddie Freeman getting paid this off. Uh, yeah, Freeman, I think it's uh, six years, 125 sticks around with the with the Braves and retires in Atlanta. For sure. Well, Rob, this was a pretty good impromptu episode. Yeah. We did it a day before and we knocked Short it Short notice. Less than in two hours, so people, don't worry. We did it in under two hours. I think under 90 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Did you stop at 14? Did, I don't think I stopped at 14. I don't think so. Um, but, Rob, this was a pleasure. And uh, we'll do the Lucy Goosey on Friday. It'll be Friday afternoon. Be released either that night. Probably not. Because <laughs> I'm just trying to be lost messy with all the man. But we'll be off for Saturday. We might get about Fireman Joe's takes for the college football weekend. Yeah. And uh, we'll definitely cover the top five uh, City Edition jerseys that you sent me. Yeah, we'll do some top five city edition. We'll do some TTP college and pro uh, week nine. Crazy. We're already halfway through the season. Week nine picks. Um, anything else that happens maybe between now and Friday. Um, anything we can think of. We'll recap Sixers bowls. And whatever. Uh, we'll lead you in the weekend. And whatever uh, team they go face next because they leave tomorrow after the game too. I just got... Notice. Okay. So I'll be worried the, uh, they'll be leaving after the game, flying out to wherever. Did you have to unpack or pack the Coyotes stuff after they lost to the Flyers tonight? Uh, no, but we did fuel the plane. So okay, I got out. Well, you do work at a uh, a gas station for private planes. Yes, I do, sir. Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and sports charters. Uh, but yeah, it's been fun. Uh, until next time, people. If and we'll have a mailbag. Please hit us up on the mailbag. Yeah. At PA Turnpod at Gmail, I believe. Yep. PA Turnpod at Gmail or PA underscore Turnpod at on Instagram. Rob, this has been fun. Yeah. Trust the podcast. Trust the podcast. <laughs>